Thank you for listening to In Good Faith, the Central Reformed Church Sermon Podcast. This episode's sermon is titled, When Boasting is All Right, and is based on Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. It was delivered on Trinity Sunday, June 12, 2022, by Pastor Stephen D. Pierce. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance And endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At one time... To the second to the Bible in popularity is one of the great books of the English language, and that is John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress. It is the most famous Christian allegory still available in print today, and since 1678, there are some 200, 250 million copies. That is not the most sold book, though, in the world. I believe it's Don Quixote with 500 million copies circulating. John Bunyan, who wrote The Pilgrim's Progress, was a nonconformist preacher living in a land dominated by Anglicanism. It was this vast understanding of Scripture and human nature that he wrote this allegory. It's marvelously chock full of pictures, pictures of God's grace, pictures of the Christian's life, pictures of failures of Christians, of the struggles that Christian believers experience from time to time. There's also a gallery of memorable characters. And for me, one character comes at the end of the second book, which describes the journey that the pilgrim's wife, Christiana, takes from the city of destruction to the heavenly city. Towards the end, she sees a man standing with a muckrake. And he's frenetically raking about in the muck and the mire, looking for something. Something that he lost, some sort of a treasure that might enrich his life. We don't know. But with his eyes fixed down, He does not see that there's somebody standing right next to him holding out a crown of gold. And we're left with the impression that this is likely Christ holding out the blessings of the gospel. But the man with the muckrake cannot see it. And that's a person who's oblivious to the blessings that God has to offer meanwhile as seeking treasure in the mud, seeking treasure in this world that only Christ can give. 
And so when I read that story, I often wonder how, how this is true of us, how it's true of many Christians, how they live this Christian life, conscious that there are treasures beyond their imagination, conscious that they're out there somewhere offered through Christ, but they find themselves looking in the wrong places. They're looking in the mud, in the mire, and they're not really even sure what it is they're looking for. And I know that we think this is a 21st century problem, but it was just as true for those living in first century. It's one of the reasons the Apostle Paul goes out of his way to explain what the blessings of the gospel really are. And so he unpacks these privileges very carefully in Romans. And he explains earlier in the book that Christians do not know the way of peace. They cannot know it on their own. But here in Romans 5, he says that in Christ Jesus, having been justified by faith, Christians have peace with God. They can experience this peace that they not only have this added privilege of access to God, but are able to stand before the holy God with the covering of grace. And so the marvelous way in which the apostle brings this out in these verses is by using a refrain, by the repetition of the same words. And when we see them, we read Romans 5.2, it's, we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And in verse 3, we boast in our sufferings. And then in Romans 5.11, he adds, but more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We boast in the glory of God. We boast in our sufferings. We boast in reconciliation, which the apostle means that we are no longer estranged from God, that the original sin that has separated us all this time has been resolved because of what Christ has done. And so for the apostle, this vocabulary of boasting is entirely justifiable because we enter this grace or this forgiveness by faith. By faith. So when I think of Romans 5 and that scene from the Pilgrim's Progress, I'm reminded that there's so much more to this grace. And that when we sit with it and we plumb the depths of these incredible mysteries, we cannot help but exult in the gospel. We cannot help but rejoice in the gospel. We cannot help but boast in the gospel. past couple of days, the Pierce family went up to Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. Now, don't think less of me, but I have never been there. Um, I've never been to Petoskey. I've never been to Charlevoix. I've never been to Harbor Springs. But I've been to Glen Arbor for the first time, and wow, what an area. I get that for some of you who might have a place up there, I've seen the light. I understand now. I've seen the light. Well, anyway, we went around Platte Lake and Long Lake and Crystal Lake, and then we ascended the dunes and uh, were able to see out over Glen Lake, I believe it is, and you can see for miles and miles and miles, even looking out over Lake Michigan, where there are islands, it's so beautiful. Where, where are we? This is heaven on earth. 
truly. And so we, we stood on tiptoe, saying in our hearts, to God be the glory. I will boast in this God who has created all these wonders. God is good and worthy to be praised. You know, that's the kind of boasting I think we all want to participate in. It feels good. It feels good to the soul. But if we're being honest, more times than not, I think we struggle with being overly proud and and arrogant. Dare I say, bumptious. (laughs) You like that word, bumptious. I'm not saying that pride is all bad. There is some level of self-respect and personal worth and satisfaction with what we've done or what others have achieved. That can be good and that can be healthy. No, I'm talking about those times when we're puffed up about ourselves. Um, Times when we seem to take credit for that which comes only through grace. Times when all we do is talk about ourselves and we boast and we boast a little more and we don't even realize it. There's a humorous story about a man named Dave. Dave was bragging to his boss one day. He said, you know, I really know everyone there is to know. Um, just name anyone. You, you, you name the person, I, I know that person. And this goes on for weeks. Finally, the boss caves and says, all right, Dave, do you know Tom Cruise? No dramas, boss. Tom and I are old friends. I, I've known him for years, and I can prove it. So they fly down to Florida, and they knock on Tom Cruise's luxurious penthouse door in Clearwater, and Tom Cruise answers the door and shouts, Dave, what are you doing here? Long time no see. Come on in. Let's celebrate. Although impressed, Dave's boss is skeptical. So they leave Cruise's house, and Dave uh, looks at the boss and knows he's just not so sure, and so Dave says, well, name somebody else. Just do it. And so his boss says, fine, President Joe Biden. No problem. We've been friends for years. Absolutely. Let's go to the White House. So they go down to the White House, and much to Joe Biden's surprise, there's Dave on a tour. He says, Dave, come out of line. Come hang out. I was just going to a meeting at Camp David. Let's talk. Let's have a drink. Let's catch up. So now the boss is all shook up, and he can't believe what's happening, but he's still not convinced. So they leave the White House grounds, and he expresses his doubts to Dave, who again implores him, name anybody. He says, fine, Pope Francis. He says, we've been friends for years. Let's go to the Vatican. So they fly off to Rome, and now Dave and his boss are centered around the, the mass crowds at Vatican St. Peter's Square, where Dave says, this isn't going to work. He'll never see me from here. Look, I know all the guards. I'll just talk to them. We'll go up, and then I'll come out onto the balcony with the Pope. Sure enough, he leaves, he disappears. A half hour later, Dave emerges with the Pope on the balcony. But, this, by, the, but by the time Dave returns, his boss has had a heart attack and is surrounded by paramedics. So he makes his way to his boss and he says, hey, what happened to you? Tell me what happened. His boss looks up and he says, it was the final straw. You and the Pope came out onto the balcony and the man standing next to me said, who the heck is standing next to Dave? We've all worked with a Dave. Maybe you're a Dave. 
We boast about people we know. We boast about the things we've done. We boast about the foods we eat, the restaurants we've been to. We boast about being thrifty. We boast about our kids. We boast about where we went to undergrad, which club we belong to, where we go on vacation, which promotion we got, how much we received as a raise. Some of us boast about our athletic prowess. Others of us about the success of family members. Some of us boast about being able to tell it like it is. And others of us boast about not caring what other people think of us. Some of us boast in being conservative. Others of us boast in being progressive liberal. Some of us boast in our morality, others in our knowledge. Some boast in being rule keepers of particular traditions. And others boast about being gatekeepers of who should participate and who shouldn't. We boast about anything, just about anything. And I suppose it depends on just how insecure we are in the moment, like Dave, because that kind of boasting is short-sighted. Elton Higgs wrote a short communion meditation where he talks about holy boasting. If there was ever such a thing, hear me. He says it's really the antidote to human boasting, Instead of fleshly boasting, which spotlights our puny achievements and our pumped-up status in order to convince others that we deserve admiration and approval, followers of Christ focus on the flawless reality of what God has gloriously done in spite of our weakness, lack of merit, or our sufferings. You see, earlier in Romans, the apostle says this, Can we really boast, can we, that we have done anything to be accepted by God? He says, no, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It's based on faith. It's based on faith. This is his way of asking, what becomes of our boasting, those of us who stand before the judgment of God? He's referring to the inevitable pride that comes with religious rule following as people compete to be morally superior to each other to become more acceptable to God. And what the apostle is saying in the book of Romans is that's all pointless now. That's all pointless. God has done all the work and offers full acceptance to all who have faith in Christ alone. This is the gospel. This is what we should be boasting in. And in Ephesians, he says, for grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no person may boast. The law of faith tells us that by believing in Christ, we can be made righteous in God's sight. We are justified by faith. We have peace with God through Christ, the same God who proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news. This is the kind of reconciliation that the apostle would have us boast in to celebrate. We can boast that we are saved by Christ's life, not our own, not anything we do. We can boast in grace. Then he also says we can boast in our sufferings. And what I hear him saying in Romans 5, 3 through 5, is this.
you can become bitter and angry about hard and dark times. Or we can see how God will use them to make us the Christian God always wanted us to be. Something good can come out of this. So when we go through hard times, the apostle says, what matters most is not what happens to us, but how we will use what happens to us. Some of you are suffering. You've told me. Some of you have real pain. Some of that pain is from a cancer diagnosis. Some of it's just because you're angry and you don't know why. You can't quite put your finger on it, but you're frustrated and you're angry and you won't let it go. I know because I've watched this unfold for many years now. And the only cure for these things is a heart that's been healed by the love of Christ. Only. That when we're tested in these ways, we push through it. We don't let our suffering rob us of our potential. Suffering plus perseverance gets us to our potential. Don't let your anger or your pain or your suffering stifle this or hold you back from growing into the person God wants you to become. We suffer, but we also learn to persevere. We persevere, and through many trials and tests, our character is formed, and it's a beautiful thing. And out of that godly character emerges a hope, a lasting hope, a hope that firmly believes God has no other plans than to do good in our lives. So when we turn our eyes to heaven and we are met by the tender eyes of the living God who pours out abundant love into our hearts, God says to us, put down the muckrake. Drop it. Enough is enough. Look at the gift right before you. Take it. Take it by faith and live and be glad and boast in me. This is God's will for our lives. Let's pray. Triune God, your glory transcends the entire earth. And yet you are pleased to condescend to speak to us through your word. May we not be mere hearers of your word, but doers also. Give us the grace, your spirit, that we may believe what has been proclaimed to us. And should we desire to boast... May we boast in the grace you offer to all and the faith by which we are saved. This we ask in the name of Christ, Jesus our Lord, and all God's people say. New to Central? 
Since 1840, we have been connecting people to God and to one another through scripture, sacrament, song, and service. We are located on the corner of College Avenue and Fulton Street in the Heritage Hill neighborhood of Grand Rapids, Michigan. We hope you will give us the opportunity to meet you in person soon. To learn more about our mission, ministries, and ways you can grow and serve, please visit our website, centralreformedchurch.org.